This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a special guest. And when I mean special, we, we've only had a few who actually has a Wikipedia page, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but someone who Morning been, show. <laughs> morning show. I mean, you literally... Uh, Ran play, for mayor. Exactly. Playwright, <laughs> Hey, actress, I was at the politician. concession party. It was such a cool party. <laughs> it was a cool party. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it was a concession, though. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't know who we're talking about, the incredible Cat Brooks. Cat, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's great seeing you again. And uh, you have a Wikipedia page. You have your own page. And we have a link for that as well for those who want to know you more. Although, I, I think we had Stephanie Johnson on. She was like, hey, listen, you know, I didn't create that page. Yeah, I didn't create mine either. Somebody oh. created it during the mayoral. Um, mm-hmm. Catbrooks.org is like a better place to figure out who I am. Some right. of that stuff is. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, crazy stuff. And it's going to be a crazy 2024, I, you know, just politically, the world, and, you know, even here, all sorts of, you know, stuff. But in general, how are you doing? How's your 2024 so far? In general, I'm okay. I mean, um, there's some really cool stuff happening in the art part of my life um the political part of my life is is a little more intense and like mm-hmm. you i'm very concerned um about what the next few months will bring so yeah i'm walking with that for yeah. sure we will definitely be talking about the movie bottled spirits that's mm. uh movie oh, that's right yes yeah, with margot hall directed by uh Elizabeth Elizabeth carter. Carter. carter yeah and it was featured at the oregon shakespeare festival i think a couple of years ago well it was in partnership with osf um and then it made its way to um made its way to Colombia for the mm-hmm. Quibdo Film Festival, Ooh, where awesome. we were finalists. Then it made its way to the Pan-African Film Festival in London, where um, Margot took Best Actress and the, the movie took Best Narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just got accepted to the Barcelona Film Festival. That is that is fantastic. It's wild. It's wild. It's awesome. You think something, you know, just locally or something that deals personally with, with us, you know, like uh, just assimilation, assimilation and, you know, a black woman just surviving, that the world is taking notice. So that's wonderful. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it is. Norman, as I begin each podcast, how was your week? How is Big Data? Big, big Data. data it, we are in the theater as of last night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it go, it's like being in an opera house. You just look up and it's just up, 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 up. Mm-hmm. So I tried to take a picture and I, you know, we were, they walked I saw the us around the stage. Wong. And yeah, I take this picture and I sit down to post it and I'm like, wait a minute, B.D. Wong is in my You didn't picture. realize B.D. Wong was on the picture. I didn't know he was standing behind me, no. Wow, okay. <laughs> so B.D. Wong is in, is in big data. Okay. okay. And I'm understudying, so... Mm-hmm. Right now, it's a whole lot of sit around, finish learning my lines, and you know, get comfortable with with the process. But it's been great. And then, oh God, I always say it wrong. Fat, yeah. How do you say it? Um, hey, the um, uh, Chinese New Year's. Oh, Gung Hei Fat Choi. Gung Hei, that's Gung it. Gung Hei Fat Choi. Yes. So uh, we did that yesterday. Um, ACT had a little thing, and we played oh, mahjong. Nice. So New somewhere Year. there's a photo of us playing mahjong. So yeah. It's that's year of the dragon. I think it's year of the dragon. It is the year of the dragon. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've got enough Chinese friends who will remind me. So, mm-hmm. no, that's fantastic. Uh, there have been uh, some current events. Um, there's whole everyone is going crazy about Joe Biden and is he too old? And I guess he made some <laughs> gaffes. He talked about talking to Francois Mitterrand, you know, mm-hmm. after he was elected. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. He died in 1996. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> it's. You know, it's that's sad. Locally, um, well, Gavin Newsom, he's sending 120 police officers in Oakland. I, to you do know, what? <clears throat> it's it's a little... I'd no, hate- they're not police officers. They're highway patrol. There's one sitting off the exit when I come. And I'm oh. like, okay, getting paid to just sit there. Yeah, right? yeah. Cat, here's a question for you. I mean, we are... <laughs> <laughs> we're almost... Oh, feel free to Maybe, up maybe 10 or over 10 years away from Oscar Grant. And, of course, Oscar Grant changed a lot of people's lives and motivated a lot of people, especially you. Yeah. Are, are things getting better? Worse? Are we distracted? Are we... Where, where do you see things are? I mean, when I hear Gavin Newsom sending, you know, I'd hate to have Oakland turned into a police state. Uh-huh. Well, that's exactly what's happening. And actually, right. uh, so it's, we're at 15 years. Since yeah, Oscar yep, Grant was yep. executed on the uh, Fruitvale uh, BART platform. Um, uh, just a couple of things really quickly, or yeah. as quickly as I can. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is, what, this is what the format is for, so talk, talk your way. Yeah, so first of all, the California Highway Patrol is the seventh deadliest law enforcement agency in the country. Mm-hmm. They're the agency that many of us watched um, in horror beating not one, mm-hmm. but two black women on the side of a highway. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had the California Highway here before. This is not a new strategy. Yeah. Um, and it's not a strategy that worked, right? right. So right. you talk about 2020 when they were here. What did happen, though, was Eric Salgado and his unborn child mm-hmm. were murdered um, in their neighborhood by California Highway Patrol Officer Richard Henderson. They said Eric was coming at them with his vehicle, which is one of the common you know, stories that you hear from cops. Yeah. Right. Uh, a few years prior, Richard Henderson had murdered somebody and they used that exact same story. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing that people should know is that California Highway Patrol will not be bound by any of the rules that we set for OPD. Not that OPD follows those rules either, but sure, like right. even the accountability piece, right? Yeah. The third thing that we should know is that cops do not prevent crime. Right. They respond to it after the fact. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, pretextual stops, those those racial profiling stops that mm-hmm. get so many of our people killed, mm-hmm. they also do little to nothing yeah. to right. prevent crime. What the data does tell us is that the more cops, the more engagement with our community that law enforcement has, the more Mm -hmm. violence that our community is going to experience. And that's what's coming. And it's it's frustrating because we keep investing in this failed strategy. Mm Mm-hmm. Of the carceral state, as opposed to like that's going to cost us millions of dollars. You're right. talking about a state and a city mm-hmm. that are millions and millions and millions of dollars in deficit. Yeah, right. this is our one bite at the apple. Yeah, why would we not invest that money in things like housing? Exactly, like jobs, like yeah. mental health, like things that will actually keep us safe. Right. Yeah. So this is something that you know makes people feel good to read the headlines because they've been lied to their whole lives that cops keep us safe. Yeah, and it makes electeds look good. Sure. And, and I think about, I mean, I so I work for the one change that happened uh, this year, late last year, is that I work now for the Oakland District Attorney's Office. Oh, okay. I'm sure you know uh, Pamela Price. Know. Madam DA, yes. <laughs> Madam DA. Um, and, you know, her laptop was stolen. So, you know, I don't know if that had right. prompted Gavin Newsom to say, okay, enough is enough. But also in BART, I mean, I keep on saying, I don't know if you've noticed this, Norman, they don't call them cops. They call them um, 
prevention. Uh, they're 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 dressed like cops, right? But they're supposed to be um, counselors or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a euphemism or I don't know if it's it is. No, Director Latifah Simon. That would well, I don't know how it's moving in practice, but former board, Bart Board Director Latifah Simon, who's now running for Congress, mm-hmm. um, that was who's, one of the who's my neighbor. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! I haven't seen her in a while. That's but funny. She lives oh, here. Yeah. That's, that's my that's my friend, my loved yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but that is a program that she tried to implement, right? Yeah. To to deal with the violence of Bart police. Um, yeah. Oscar's not the only person that they've murdered. You know, yeah. they also murdered, um, well, were complicit in the murder of Shalim Tyndall. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, oh, I do know what year that was because it was the year I ran for mayor in 2018. Yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's crazy. So we'll see what happens and if any change, if all, you know, will happen. Uh, I'm sorry, one more thing. Please, yeah, yeah, there may be some change because the other thing that we know, like I'm not the only person and you see it on Insta, et cetera, that OPD mm-hmm. will be sitting idly by yeah. right. and watch cars get bipped. Mm-hmm. They have absolutely been engaged in blue flu for four years. Mm-hmm. So right. CHP will come in and they're not going to be engaged in blue flu. Mm-hmm. The numbers may go down, mm-hmm. right? And then OPD is going to say, see, we need more cops. We need more money. Right. OPD already gets upwards of $350 million mm-hmm. of the general fund. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Yeah. And with that, you know, I hear so many people saying, I've called OPD and, you know, nothing happens and, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? So, right. where, you know, what happens to the money? Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it, speaking about violence or whatever, so one thing, I follow the legal element of what's happening. And, and so there was a case that happened uh, this week. Um, there was a boy, I think he was 14 years old, who killed his classmate, and the mother was put on trial. I think right. it was one of the first yeah. times it ever happened. It's the first and, time, it, yeah. And she was convicted yep. of it. So I'm wondering if that'll be the new precedent mm-hmm. where if parents don't, you know, if they have weapons, uh, guns, and they don't secure it, and, and they don't look at the warning signs. When the school says, hey, you know, your kid wrote this, are you concerned about this, and you do nothing? Right. Right, exactly. So it'll be interesting legally to see if more parents will, um, if this will be a way to stopping gun violence or at least stopping children from 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 having guns. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a gun owner. I am, and and I'm I'm not of the mindset that black people should give up their guns. I live in America, and when I go to the range. Mm-hmm. It's not us out there, but it is their right. children, their mommies, their daddies, their grandmas, their grandpas, their uncles, their aunts, etc. Yeah. Um, and um, being a responsible gun owner yes. mm-hmm. is critical. That's absolutely right. yeah. It's critical. Yeah. And Norman, you and I talked about this thing. Tandiwa was here because we were talking about this is when Trump was in office and he was talking about, oh, teachers should have guns. And we were talking about how. <laughs> I know exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> but we were talking about how. You know, black per- black people owning guns is a little different from, let's say, the conservative white person in the you know, Midwest owning guns because they are proud of it and they take pictures of it and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, display it. It's as if, you know, it's a badge of honor. The last time my dad owned a gun, I was assaulted, you know, as a child and he had tears in his eyes. He, it was the last thing he wanted. You know, mm-hmm. we came from the church. Right. So it's different when we talk about gun ownership and how... You know, different cultures. Mm-hmm. And what kind right of guns you own? Like, I don't have an AR-15 at home. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I have a gun for self-defense, and, you know, should it ever come to something like that? And a conversation that we're not having mm-hmm. is 
the fact that a lot of our children, and not just in the flats of Oakland, Mm -hmm. but the urban areas across this country carry weapons because they do not feel safe. Yep. Let me connect another dot. Mm -hmm. Our communities are the most policed communities in any city, anywhere. So how come our children do not feel safe? Why does a 14-year-old feel like they need to carry a gun? And then when we're talking about black children, what are we doing to their mental and emotional state that they hate themselves so much that they can kill somebody that looks exactly like them? Exactly. Mm -hmm. The black-on-black violence. Yes. that, that, That is a result of poverty. Mm-hmm. white supremacy trauma mm-hmm. self-loathing yeah. you know one of the things I say all the time about why people say well how is investing in humanity going to stop crime because healthy whole people do not hurt people exactly mm-hmm. and when wounded traumatized people hurt mm-hmm. people exactly and that's one of the reasons why you write the plays and the movies and why yeah. it's important to see ourselves on you know the big screen or you know television or whatever it is in a positive light yeah. because when we see ourselves in a positive light then we can say you know what i, I can i can see myself in, in a better light mm-hmm. and so it's it's more important yes. uh, one last thing before we get to an origin see American story fiction damn it <laughs> that's right my godmother i haven't seen it yet my godmother texted me she was like stop what you're doing sit down yeah and watch i took I, I saw it and then i went to visit my mom and i took her to see it because i was like you're gonna love this you are gonna love this mm-hmm. okay all right. All yeah. Right. And one last thing. Um, I tried to squeeze an interesting thing. Not so. 18 trees. So landlines are dying. I mean, it's, it's right. one of the last, right. you know, vestiges. I, mean, I still remember the phone number that I, I'm probably the last generation that still remembers the phone number from when I was a kid. When, the days when we used to remember. Oh, phone numbers. right. Yeah. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my security's phone number and my daughter's phone number. And that's there, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember doing a show and there was a landline phone that we were using as a prop. And I was like the oldest person there. I was like, does it, any other cast members, have you guys have ever used this before? It's like, no. I'm like, damn, I'm old. There it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yes, we are. <laughs> so let's get into an auditory. Cat Brooks, I was reading a little bit uh, just from your own personal website and also Wikipedia. So you grew up in uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada. I did. How was that? Uh, this would have been like the... <laughs> Early 70s? I was born in 1975. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve got me out. I'm an actress. You know you ain't supposed to uh, start <laughs> nothing like that. But um, I was. I was born in 1975. And so really I came of age in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. which was a very particular time in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, one of the first things that people need to understand is that Vegas was founded by the Mormons and the mob and cowboys. Yeah. Right. Incredibly racist, incredibly segregated. I mean, when I was growing up, you could get anywhere to the edge of town in 10 minutes. Like, one of the earliest homes I remember was, mm. like, smack dab in the middle of the desert. Wow. Where I lived with my mother. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so the 80s and 90s, um, that was the time we saw a resurgence of mm. neo-Nazis. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about Vegas is there's not anything to do. Yeah. Drugs, alcohol, sex, all that is normalized. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you the have other links? I do not. Okay, you're not, the only child. I'm the only child. Um, I, my my assistant, who you have chatted with, she and I have been friends since I was eight. Okay. So I call her my sister, but gotcha. uh, it's just me. Yeah. Um, excess is normalized. Um, the buying and selling of women's bodies, like, you know, oh, yeah. of women's bodies is normalized. Um, my father was the first black stagehand ever. Wow. Um, in Las Vegas. He, mm-hmm. he ended up going to prison uh, when I was 10 for substance abuse stuff. 
um, but he was part of the union. Um, and then I remember the big union fights. I remember when the MGM, quote unquote, burned down on accident. It wasn't an accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, I worked at a, a restaurant that no longer exists now called Alias and Jones, and it was like back in the cut. And this when I was like 16 as a hostess. It was a mob restaurant. Mm. So like they would come in and sit down and eat. Then the next, you know, couple of weeks, so and so wouldn't be around anymore, but they'd oh. be on the paper. Like it was really wow, it's like Goodfellas. It night. was really, really interesting. Um, and I actually, um, this year, I'm completing a, a, a play about that 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 takes place in my it's sort of autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I drove working girls in college mm. um, for for money, and so I've got a show mm-hmm. um, that I'm wrapping up now called Driving the Girls. Wow, oh. wow, mm-hmm. that tries to explain. Vegas, because it's, it's actually really hard to explain. I met this guy once at a party, and he was growing up in Vegas at the exact same time, and we yeah. just ended up in the corner just talking, uh-huh. because nobody else, you just can't explain it. It's, it's the, as I say in, in my play, yeah. it's the fucking Twilight Zone. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hmm. You know, when I think about the early 90s, I think about Spike Lee and all of the young up and coming black writers, you hmm. know, from the hip hop era, who's right. giving a new image of what it is to be black. Right. Like Maddie Rich straight out of Brooklyn. I think mm-hmm. about the Hoodland Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, the black women, you know, like uh, Waiting to Exhale and how oh, Stella yeah, got a groove yeah. back mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Alice Walker. Yeah. Um, McMillan. I forget the woman. The Terry. Terry. Terry McMillan. Yeah. yeah. So you, you grew up around yeah. that. I mean. I did. Yeah. I did. And and all of those all of those folks influenced me. Um, you same thing with hip hop, right? Like yeah. there were there was an, an effort to put out more positive images of us through hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a few years, and you watch Hollywood shut all that down mm-hmm. intentionally, yeah, right. all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I lived through that transition too. Yeah, can, uh, talk to me about UNLV. You went there. I did. I uh, did, go there. did you study theater? I thing? did. Okay. Oh. I did. And I was really so. I got a scholarship. Actually, so I fell in love. So my my grandparents had a cabin in Utah, which mm-hmm. is like two hours from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Southern Utah University has mm. this amazing Shakespeare festival. So I grew up going to that, mm. and I fell in love with Shakespeare. The very wow. first Shakespeare and I. Shakespeare uh, play I saw was Midsummer's Night Dream uh, and I wanted to be Puck so bad I still uh, want to be Puck I never got to play Puck uh, not yet um, not, yeah, I, might be a little, I might be a little too old for that now but um, anyway so I got a scholarship to go there um, unfortunately mm-hmm. <laughs> Utah is Utah I was about oh. to say your grandmother black woman Having a place in Utah. Mormon. Oh no, 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 I'm mixed. So this is on my this is on my mother's side. I yeah, yeah, sorry, thank you. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I was the only black person that I would see when we would go up there. Mm-hmm. I imagine you know you got a lot of heads turning. Yeah. So then I moved into the dorms. My roommate immediately moved out. They used to have prayer circles outside of my uh, my door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got cast in a show. The final straw was I got cast in a show and these white boys stalked me on the mm-hmm. way to rehearsal on campus. And I was like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I packed everything I could into my Saturn, whatever I could not left. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up at UNLV, um, where actually my grandparents, uh, were both professors hmm. and I, I lucked out. I lucked out. I had, I worked with some of the most brilliant, mm-hmm. powerful, talented, passionate people 
Um, I studied Linklater. Um, Art Linklater. No, no, um, Chris, Kristen. Yeah, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Linklater Kristen, yeah. with Michael Lugring. Amazing voice work. Um, Davy Marlin Jones. Um, and the the thing that I think that now in hindsight I can see that really impacted me is that they had a graduate uh, playwriting program, mm-hmm. which was all about developing new work. Excellent. And so I got to spend all this time with these playwrights and mm-hmm. you know acting in their new works and right. watching what uh, it looks to dramaturg a new piece to mm-hmm. put it up to rework it. Um, and I think that that why well, I know that that has seriously impacted mm-hmm. um, me now. You yeah, know, as a playwright. You know, as you were talking, um, Margot, we had Margot Hall on. Hey. <laughs> hey. And she talked about her experience in the theater and how she wanted to work and she wanted to actually see, you know, her plays or at least, you know, work on things that meant something to her. Right. And her school discouraged her. she tell you what she did about that? Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. Margot's a gangster. She looks sweet, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it sounds like you did not have that experience or at least you, there were more... I had other stupid stuff okay. that happened. Like we probably don't have time for me to tell the whole story, but like I had, I had other stupid stuff that happened, and and it did eventually come to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, in in one incident where I did tell um, one of my teachers who was um, really problematic, a white man, to go mm-hmm. f himself, uh-huh. and I walked out of the classroom. I almost got kicked out of the program, like uh-huh. legit. Um, but they, they kept me. <laughs> No, Reg and I end up talking about training programs and stuff, and and I'm often of the I'm of the belief that doing it means so much. But Linklater, oh boy, when I got to the Bay Area, I found a, a Linklater teacher because yeah. I I just wanted to I love I that mean, work to being so much. in your body. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really think it's one of the greatest tools I have in my box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that no, that is awesome. I was looking at your website. There's you have a thing called Artivism. Yeah. Art mm-hmm. activism, and you and I would talk, you know, at, because I stage managed Tasha. Yeah, you did, and we talked a little bit about activist theater, um, which is I will imagine is artivism. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because when people usually get into, I don't know, writing or you know, being on the stage, they just want to, you know, like let me just be a star or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, we they're individuals. Like I think about Bertrand Brecht. I think about um, Vlach Havel. I'm pronouncing his name. Who uses the theater to send a message? I think about Leroy Jones and Mary Baraka. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like that's 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 what you want to do with with your writing. Yeah, and I'll tell you yes. that you actually gave me um, the contain the name for the container. I hadn't realized mm-hmm. what I was writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, at one of the talkbacks for Tasha, um, you said something about it being documented. Documentary theater. Documentary theater is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know that that's your exact word. And I went, oh, snap. Yeah. They're right. That's exactly what I do, right? Uh-huh. Like all of my pieces are rooted um, in some sort of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, someone else you've had on the show, my, my creative partner in crime, Dr. Ayodele Word Slanga in Zingo. Yeah. She says often that before she took her first breath, God whispered in her ear, make art. And so she spent her whole life doing that mm. I stole that yeah and made it mine um, I always have to give her a credit because right. she'll, sure, she'll sure. have me up in a minute yeah um, and I say before I took my first breath God whispered make art in my right ear and make revolution in my left mm. yeah and so I don't know how to do anything else. Um, and I'm also, I was very blessed to spend some time as a communicator that was totally on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand the power of telling stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
and, and and performance and the impact of performance and even like a rally on the corner of 14th and Broadway at Oscar Grant Plaza that's a performance mm-hmm. right? right you're telling a story yeah. and you're trying to engage incite mm-hmm. um, a reaction an action mm-hmm. and but not everybody's going to come on the corner of 14th and Broadway and hear me scream FTP right, right? some right, people right. That's not their jam, and I don't blame them. Tear gas don't taste good, trust me. Mm-hmm. But if I can get you in a 99 seat black box theater, yep, right mm-hmm. where most people will feel too rude <coughs> to get up, mm-hmm. even if they want to, yep. Now we're having a different kind of conversation, yeah. And something that someone's told me about Tasha a few times now is the humanity that they see in her. Yeah. And we know that when our loved ones that are murdered by law enforcement are portrayed on TV or the magazines or the news, there's no there's none of their humanity right. there, right? It's the yeah. suspect. It's yeah. the right. They pull up his record or her record yeah. for or, or twenty five years. Well, fifteen seconds. Terror. Yeah, fifteen seconds back to you, Bill. And yeah, we know, forget these it. are human beings with yep. mothers and fathers and, and kids, etc. Mm-hmm. And and that's not just police violence, right? With with all of the calamities that, mm-hmm. that right. white supremacy inflicts upon us. And so so yeah, I wanna I, I wanna make art I you know, I used to do musical theater. I, I will I that I'm just not interested in that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I want to no. do theater that that's important <clears throat> for all you musical theater people. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I want to spend my time mm-hmm. actually and I'm starting to move off the front lines. I've been there too long. Mm-hmm. And I just I wanna continue the work though by telling our stories and hopefully telling the stories in a way that incites people to action. No, 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 no. One of the biggest impacts, I mean, I've been in and out of theater, you know, backstage, front stage, whatever, uh, for, a, for a while now. But the, the one, basically it was the last night of Tasha where um, a white woman, and I, and I know who she is. <laughs> and I think you know who she we is. We talked about this. Yes, we yeah. talked about this. And, and I said to myself, you know, the knee-jerk reaction was, for those who don't know, you know, she sort of made a stink and, you know, she tried to make it something other than what it needed to be. Um, but I said, wow, this is so sad. But then I also said, you know, this is what theater maybe is about, to mm-hmm. create a discussion, even mm-hmm. an agitation, even having individuals talk about things and hashing it out, yep. even to say, hey, listen, you're looking at it from one lens. You need to see it from my lens. Uh, sometimes you're not going to have clap, clap, clap. Oh, that was a wonderful performance. Sometimes that's not what the job is all I, about. I love um, when I, you know, you read theater history. You, mm-hmm. If you're a theater <clears throat> student, you read theater history. Yeah. Reading Ibsen, I read the play. It, it means nothing to me because, of course, we live in an era where that is history. Yeah. But to read about the riots. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. So people got up out of the theater and went out in the street and after, rioted? After I would love house. to write a piece that did that. Mm, that's Me right. Because <laughs> he had the audacity to talk about women's independence mm-hmm. yeah. in 19, what was it, 01 or even prior to Something that. like that. And yeah. yeah and then um, Ghost where, you know, he's talking about, you know, um, illegitimate children and drugs and mm-hmm. and prostitution. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bertrand. Brex. Which is funny if you put it in Shakespeare, they'd be like, "Oh my God, that's so profound, that's so deep." Exactly. Right. But I mean, like Fear and Misery in the Third Reich. You know, um, Bertrand Breck is talking about. Listen, <laughs> Nazi Germany is coming. Mm-hmm. This is before the war. Right. People need to pay attention. So, so yeah, an incident like that. Yes, it can be looked at as, "Oh my God, how horrible!" But maybe this is the job to be done. I was surprised that hadn't happened sooner. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, what was frustrating, of course, is that she tried to make it about herself. Yes. What was beautiful, and this is why I love the Bay, Mm -hmm. and I love um, seeing, you know, the impact of our movements on the Bay, was that I didn't have to do a thing. Mm -hmm. The audience dealt with it. Yep. Right. Right? The audience handled it. Yep. And then um, the audience helped her make her way out of the theater. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because it wasn't just a conversation. And you don't have, listen, I, I... I'm Cat Brooks of the Anti-Police Terror Project. People, I spent a lot of years with people not agreeing with me. Right. That's fine. I'll have any conversation yeah. with anyone. Mm-hmm. But you got to have it rooted in humanity. Or get right. out of my face. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, and exactly I, I don't right. need to defend. Right. Th- this is literally based on something that actually happened. Yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. Right. What are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. We can disagree without being disagreeable. Yeah. <laughs> and the very fact of having a conversation, an honest conversation. I mean, when is the last time you've been to a theater where these serious issues are happening or where you can have an actual discussion, where you can hash some of these things out instead of just watching, you know, some, you know, news event that mm-hmm. happens and okay, well, that's fine. Okay, so let's see what the Warriors are doing. I mean, <laughs> this is a call to action. Yeah, it so, is. So are you happy? Now you just you did a recent I think you you redid you you performed Tasha. Yeah. So what the the production that you stage managed was actually cast in 2019, Mm -hmm. and was going to be the first time I hadn't done Tasha myself. Yeah. And that was mostly because after five years of both doing Tasha and doing the actual work, Mm -hmm. I was cracking. Oh sure. Um, it's a very emotional piece. It's so. very intense. It's very, yeah. very intense. And shout out to Janae Simon, who just ate everything on oh, the stage. Janae. I could not I have. Yeah, I don't think anybody else, I would have been cool with it. Sure. sure. Um, but she just was so brilliant. Um, uh, so anyway, um, yeah. so yeah, so then I got an, uh, a fellowship at UC Berkeley. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And so did a few uh, performances of Tasha. I probably got like one more year of her and me. We're thinking about <laughs> taking her yeah, but you're on a little about, UC tour. Yeah, but you're working mm-hmm. on new things. I am. I'm working on new stuff. Yeah. yeah. Talk. Let's talk about bo- bottled spirits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I never thought about writing mm-hmm. film ever. I got some random email on Facebook from uh, a man named Reginald Edmond. He and his wife run a production company called Black Lives, Black Words. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, we're looking for playwrights to write these short films. Mm-hmm. Your name came up. Baba's like from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the name they gave me, I was like, I don't know who that person is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, through lots of conversations, and then they had already um, hired Elizabeth Carter, uh-huh. um, genius director in the Bay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had to like me, and turns <laughs> out she did. And then I wrote this piece, and I wrote it about, um, I don't want to, I won't give too much away, but right. it, but it's about a black woman in Oakland who, like so many black people in Oakland, was stable, lived in a generational home, mm-hmm. had a good job, had a child, mm-hmm. and then gentrification hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the things that come with that, she suffers this great tragedy. Mm. And when you meet her, um, Louise, she is 50-something, and mm. she's working the ports as a sex worker. Mm. And the play, But what was important to me about the piece is because to what you were saying earlier, Reg, it's so important that we see positivity about ourselves on the yeah, screen. Right. Yeah. And so often Hollywood, like, it's just, it starts sad and it ends sad. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Somebody dies at the beginning and die at the mm-hmm. end. So it was really important to me that Louise transforms, that yeah. she trans, she transmutes mm-hmm. her pain. And she does. 
And for the people in Oakland, um, the most ex- the, one of the exciting pieces of that is that we got to film it at Esther's. Um, oh, yeah, Esther's okay. Bar um, in, in yeah on Seventh Street um, that hasn't been open forever. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, it's in a land trust now and being turned into affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we got there right on? in time. Mm-hmm. Everything was preserved. Nice. Oh, all the liquor bottles were uh-huh, there. Oh. The jukebox was there. The kitchen was there. Like it was, mm-hmm. and like I'm getting goosebumps now. It was eerie. Um, oh, and Margot just does such a beautiful job. We had an all black crew. Mm-hmm. It's just one woman. Um, so all black crew, black black writer, black actress, and Margot Hall just. Mm-hmm. And I knew as soon as I fi- literally as soon as I finished it, mm-hmm. I was like the only person that I know that could play this mm-hmm. is yeah. Margo. Did you know Margo Hall prior to I did. this? Okay. I did. Margo is actually part of why Tasha exists. Oh, ex- oh. Margo was my acting coach. Okay. And Tasha started out as a monologue, and ta- uh, Margo was my coach for that. Mm-hmm. And then she helped me wow. turn it into a full length play. Mm-hmm. Both she and and Iodella, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. I nearly I jumped over the fact that you studied in London as well. I did. I studied at the National so Royal Theatre Studio. Talk about that. Then. That was wild too, and and beautiful, and a little frustrating because, and this might be controversial to say, but one of the things that really bothers me about the industry now, this might sound a little Trumpish. Actually, now that I'm about to say it out loud, now I'm about to say it out loud. This might sound a little bit of Trumpish. So many um, actors from the UK, from you know London, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know why. Like God we're, decided that that was the region for a particular kind of brilliance. Yeah. But we, then, we are a bit Anglophile in America. There, there's a there, yeah, but there's a particular brilliance, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of the craft and the discipline in London. Mm-hmm. But they come over here and do American accents mm-hmm. and take all of these jobs. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yeah, they do. Which stirs this thing in me. So I went and studied at the National Royal Theatre Studio in London, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I already start, told you about how much I love Shakespeare and also mm-hmm. I was like I want to work here and right. they were like yeah good luck ah. it's not reciprocal right it's right, very right. very They're difficult almost yeah. impossible mm-hmm. to be an American actor yeah and go work over there so I was a little heartbroken a little 20 yeah. something old self was like boohoo but but, but thank know. goodness you didn't assimilate or you didn't try so hard that you stripped yourself I remember um, I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts and there was one, um, she's a friend of mine. She actually teaches at Duke Ellington now. Oh. Her name is Precious and beautiful black woman. And we were doing uh, Shakespeare. She mm-hmm. was doing Out Damn Spot. And mm. the teacher kept on correcting her. And we got the feeling in the class, are we supposed to strip away our blackness or our accents just huh. to appease huh. or get mm, a grade or yeah. to get whatever. And that became the discussion. And mm. it's one of those things that I think you and I have talked about that where... Well, last week. Um, yeah. So uh, TBA generals were last week yeah. and I ran out of here to go to the TBA generals. Yeah. And I sat there and I heard, I'd say two people... Um, there was a black woman, and she did this amazing work with the Shakespeare piece to the point where I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute, this I don't recognize the monologue, and I'm not sure this is Shakespeare, but it sounds like it's Shakespeare." But she just had made it so human. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there was another guy who um, did a piece similarly, where I'm like, "I gotta find that fucking speech. That's that's incredible that he just made it come alive." And mm-hmm. that's it's the biggest challenge when you do Shakespeare yeah. is. How do you honor the text as sure. it is, and yet bring it to life? But I say you honor, the, museum you honor the text by honoring the intention. Yeah. Right? Like, I think one of the things that we see actors do often is they 
play Shakespeare. Right, exactly. Right. Shakespeare wrote stories. He mm. wrote people, mm-hmm. complicated, complex people That's right. with with intense desires mm-hmm. and ambition and goals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You play that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The, the language will come. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I um, well, I mean, that was one of the beautiful things, actually, also about UNLV. Like we, we really got to study that craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a huge Moliere fan. I'm actually oh, trying I'm looking to do yeah, more of that yeah. work um, now that I'm older. Um, Hard to find good translations. It, it, it is. Um, but, but you just... But where was I going? You see so many people, uh, I guess let's all wrap it up. You, you see so many people mm-hmm. wrapped up in, in the language and how mm-hmm. it should sound. Mm-hmm. I throw that mess out the window when uh-huh. I'm working on a Shakespeare That's piece. Right. Until, you know what I mean? The pentameter right. will come. Right, right, right. And we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what is happening right yeah. now? Well, I got to play. That's um, what you got to learn. Right. I got to play Lady M. Mac- in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a walkabout Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, twice. Nice. And it was, and but the funny story. So the <laughs> the Macbeth was this kid Johnny who I don't think was with us anymore. Mm. Um, but he was you know from one of the poorest um, areas mm-hmm. of Edinburgh. Oh. and so our first rehearsals went a bit like I would say my line, and what I heard back was. <laughs> and I was like oh dear this is going to be interesting and that's where the craft saved me because I I would literally be in my head going one two yeah, I got his accent. Um, but you said out, <laughs> you said out, damn spot, and I got to come out of a tomb and do that monologue. Yeah, mm. oh man, oh, I, would, I, I would have loved to have seen that. Man, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you tore it up. Man, that whole that whole yeah. experience was amazing. I do have a question for you. Um, I'm the image of when I think about Tasha, we don't see the image of the black woman or the struggles that a black woman goes through. I mean, you know, when we see torment or things happening on either television or the movies or whatever, it's usually a black man or let's say a white man, you know, we're, we, you know, if we, if I see another breaking bad or boardwalk empire, the angry middle-aged white man who's going to, you know, go against society. And now mm-hmm. he's a hero a la John Wayne or whatever. Right. But I, I, the, what do you, do we see enough, Images, positive and realistic images of the black woman. We do not. I mean, um, Brother Malcolm's quote to this day is, you know, the black mm-hmm. woman is the most dis- disrespected, discarded mm-hmm. uh, person in this country. And, and we are, and I think that that is intentional, and we mm-hmm. have always been. We were brought here as breeders. Right. Um, and, um, and never, I mean, black people in general haven't been seen as human. Um, and, and I think for black women that, that there's a little extra umph on that. Mm-hmm. We, we don't see our stories. We don't see positive black women. It's the angry black woman. It's the sexualized black woman, yeah. the drug addicted black woman, the welfare queen black woman, the prostitute black woman, the Right, um, and 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 now the assimilated, and the assimilated. And, you know, like Kamala. I not a big Kamala fan. Star. You want to give me a star? Not a big Kamala fan, but I have to respect her accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And they don't. They yeah. just want to dismiss her. They so quickly go to the oh, this is just a mm-hmm. uh, what do they want to say? Uh, affirmative action. This is just well, the hard like, right thinks that she's radical. Which is which that's is hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. No, no. So it's amazing to me because I'm like, how is she going to navigate these expectations of what it is to be a black woman? 
Can she do that? I mean, she goes down she with Condoleezza. Condoleezza did that it. quite yeah. well. Well, you know who's oh, you, yes, you know who's tr- you know who's trending? Michelle Obama. They are <laughs> the, the Democrats are just begging her to run for office. Of course, she doesn't uh, want to do that. All because she is this nice, polished, you know, black mm-hmm. woman who. I don't know. It fits, you know, our picture I keep of thinking what about what she's want. like behind closed doors. Man, mm-hmm. I would like to hang with that woman behind closed yeah. doors because she is so poised in front of the cameras. She is so able and speak truth. She's mm-hmm. not just going to ignore or deny. She finds a way to speak to the issue, mm-hmm. but keep it clean. And I'm like, oh, it reminds me of my grandma. It's like my grandma was so polite. Out mm-hmm. in the world, and then come mm-hmm. home, and then motherfucker, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm like, Ooh, oh I yeah. Loved it. yeah, like yeah. Uh, the uh, the anger, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Luther, the uh, Obama's anger. Oh yeah, yeah, that. I uh, wish there was a Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, but but I will tell. I'll tell a quick story. So I worked on Kamala Harris, and I actually went into her office. Oh, that's when right. I worked for yeah. the San Francisco DA, mm-hmm. and she did. There was um, there was an old woman who uh, a couple of gang bangers had uh, broken into this woman's home and was using it as a drug drug dealing thing, mm-hmm. and the cops had not properly secured the area, so the evidence was tampered and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And the poor um, Richard Heckler, he was the ADA who was handling it. I remember sure. the guy's name who had to tell Kamala the news hey we may lose this case because there's evidence and she dropped all sorts of profanities like what the f and whatever mm-hmm. i mean i got the i'm sense sure that she, she really really i'm sure she does yeah i mean yeah of course that was years 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 ago who knows what's happening now but i was thinking about um sojourner truth and that's wonderful speech ain't i a woman mm-hmm. i, I mean yeah. the 21st century version of that i just wonder it's, it's a little tired for us to still be mm-hmm. dealing with this reality yeah so yeah, we're not seeing enough. I guess you're not seeing enough of of of, of your image on on television and in the movies. And not, all. not at all. And and you think about like even I was just having this conversation about what roles are available mm-hmm. to yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I have th- thought about that. Like if I got a call to go audition to be a cop. <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like what what is what does that look like but f- so often right cop teacher doctor yep therapist mm-hmm. those those those, yeah. those are your and options. usually supporting character you know usually mm-hmm. the buddy or you know whatever i think yeah. angela bassett is doing playing the cop now but. or having to engage in propaganda right like yeah. having to engage in right um i i uh, a hot car who's an amazing journalist uh has a book out about propaganda and its power narr- the power of narrative mm-hmm. and there's this whole section on propaganda um and which led to a conversation about what black what stories black artists mm-hmm. right are forced to tell if they want to put food yeah. on their plates yeah mm-hmm. right one of the most uh I think I talked about uh, was it Boys in the Hood? There was that scene where Cuba Gooding is getting jacked up his character by a black cop, yeah, who mm-hmm. wants to assimilate to his uh, buddies, saying, "Hey, don't worry, I'm not black, I'm blue. Let me go jack this, uh, you know, nigga up." Yet, and, yet another story that has been going on. I mean, that's but that's also true. Yes, yeah, that's also yeah. true. Like the the black cops, oh, and yes. often the, the other thing people don't think about when we talk about these police shootings. Yes, so many of them are women. Black cops right, and yes. women, yep, yep, right, yep. are the one, because, and that famous uh, uh, line, right, black cops showing out for the white cop, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It is an institution that demands assimilation. Yep. And, uh, you know, other, and even with that, and I, I'm not one to, you know, it, other people can do the work of dealing mm-hmm. with the trauma, being policed and empathized 
with what happens to black police officers. But mm -hmm. what I know is that even inside those institutions where they are doing all of these horrible things, because you can't stand in toxic water and not get sick. Right, right, um, right. They too are traumatized. I know folks remember it was it was some years back uh, where former Mayor Libby Schaff had uh, there was all this racist text messages that had happened right right she had nothing to say about that but then something happened with some black cops and she held a whole uh, press conference about mm -hmm. it uh, calling out the black cops mm -hmm. you know us activists were just sort of looking at them like well mm -hmm. I don't know what you think white supremacy is going to do right right but right, yeah right. they're harassed and the racism in their departments and all that stuff too mm -hmm. white supremacy is a Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my dad would say Satan pays well. You know, be careful mm. who you get your paycheck from. <laughs> I like it's that. It just always amazes me that it's not hard to track this stuff. Because yeah. that's last year um, I did a piece about James Baldwin. I've been working on a piece about James Baldwin. Uh, Centennials in August. So we're going to put up a show. Nice. And I've been doing this research. And so I pulled up after, uh, what's his name? Tyree Nichols, I think it was. Yeah, Tyree Nichols, January 2023. So, yeah, January 2023, when it hits the press, I got asked to do a piece. And I pull up from James Baldwin 60 years earlier, talking about five black Negro, five Negro cops in it, the first five Negro cops in Atlanta who were not allowed to arrest white people, so they were eager to find any black person huh. they could yeah. so they could prove themselves. And I was like, and I read that, and you could feel the whole audience just go, like I hit them with a hammer. I was like, y'all, and this is why we're doing this, this piece. Was, it's been going on for a while. This man has been trying to tell us for a long time. Yeah, that was, I mean, I said, talked about that a lot at the rally that we had here for Tyree, which I, I've taken a lot of, I was very angry that night, so uh, it, I yeah. may have said some things, um, but one of the things I did say is that, you know, like, when you put on a uniform, mm -hmm. you are not black anymore, you are blue. Right, right. All of them. You right. are blue. Yep. Period. And you, and you become an agent of white supremacy. And you become an agent of an institution that was born, mm -hmm. literally birthed, mm -hmm. to cage, catch, control, and incarcerate black folks. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Period. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what, what they is. do. They protect profit, mm -hmm. not people. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think about the, uh, what's the August Wilson, um, Jim of the Ocean. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that yes. character um, Caesar? Didn't he become a cop? Oh yeah, he he did. Yes. Yeah. So August Wilson was talking about that, you know. Yeah. Right. In, in 1901. Um, to wrap it up, uh, where, 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 what do you want to do in the future? Five years from now, were you working on a play right now? So. Yes. Yeah, so I have a goal. There's going to be an announcement coming out. I can't say nothing about gotcha. it. Okay. Um, but but um, it will mean that I'm doing a lot of writing. Um, and so my goal is to get out to finish driving the girls, mm -hmm. and then I'm I'm working on another piece right now that's called. Uh, tentatively gentrified AF. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just said I want to do I want to do some more year. I want to I want to be on the stage. Mm -hmm. um, the word slanger and I will be getting into some trouble. I mean I've been directing too. I've been directing a lot of readings. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really really enjoying that. I'm actually finding like after 40 years of being on the stage, um, I'm really finding I really love the writing and I really mm -hmm. love the directing. And I think I just want to take the roles I really, 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 really want to play. Uh -huh. um, and I'm, I'm going to spend a lot more of my time with my, my, my pen and my paper. Nice. I was going to ask, are you girls, are they involved in theater as well? One girl. I've got one girl. Mm -hmm. She was, um, and she was quite, I've got one of them kids that like is good at like all of the things. Uh -huh. um, so she's like, she's published her book already. Oh, nice. She's wow. a poet. She was with Destiny Arts Center, uh -huh. an amazing dancer. She was acting for a time. And then I think it was like too much of what mommy 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. right, did right. so she was like, eh, I don't like this anymore. But she literally just said to me two days ago, it's funny you say that. She got, she's um, at college now. She says, I think, I think I might want to go back to the theater. And you know, the the key when your kids are teenagers is just go, mm-hmm, really, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Not a yes, not a notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No, that is fantastic, and it sounds like she's happy. She's doing real good. She's doing so great. I'm so yeah. proud of her. And thank you, Oakland. Thank you, Oakland, because my daughter was raised by this village. And mm-hmm. I, I was a single mother from the time I was four months pregnant. Mm. Oh. And, and Oakland, Oakland raised my daughter, and, and yeah, we when did a good I, job. I, the town, we did a good job. people attacking Oakland, I'm like... Y'all don't live here, do you? And I've said that oh, to no, more than one don't. person. Like, you don't live here, do you? Because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. I, I, we walk the city. We ride bikes to the city. Mm-hmm. We eat. We shop. We live our lives. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you're talking I'm not denying that other things happen. Things happen, but... Yeah. you got to understand this is orchestrated. This, oh, I know. this is orchestrated. This is on purpose. This is about politics. Again, this is about politics, yeah. not people. Yeah. These people don't care about keeping y'all safe. These people care about getting back in them seats of power. Yep. Yeah. That's what's power. happening. It's an yeah. election year 2024. So yeah. there are all sorts of political footballs. And if, if the Republicans can attack, mm-hmm. you know, Oakland or big cities that happen to be liberal and use at- moderates to do it. Yeah. And well, black faces to do it. I'm yeah. just loving, not for nothing. I'm right. loving the, cit- the citizens that I'm engaging with. Who say, well, wait a minute, well, what about this? I'm like, oh, are you ready to have a conversation? And it's so satisfying when that actually happens. It goes from somebody trying to attack me to them asking questions yeah. and actually responding. And I'm like, great. That's what I was talking about. Well, but this other thing. Yeah, that fictional boogeyman that you want to keep pointing to. Let's talk about what's really going on and what we and what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. If if people want to have an honest conversation, like I said, I will talk to anybody. And so, you know, most of the time in the hellscape that Twitter has become, mm-hmm. people, you know, they come, they say that vile, awful, violent oh, things to and about me. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, someone will ask me a serious, you know, like this is a genuine question, Ken. Right. And mm-hmm. I will talk to that person, and I'll send you the report so we can engage and we can DM. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one person um, that I I've been engaging, and we got to a point where we were just going back and forth, mm-hmm. and we both just agreed, like we're not going to agree, mm-hmm. but right. it was civil discourse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and and I and I believe that they're going to come to the premiere. So oh, excellent of the film. Yeah, so, you know, and you have a radio show too, don't you? Yes. I do. <laughs> but you got to be up in the morning. You have to be up. Well, <laughs> not as early as you used to be. Up. I used to go on the air at seven. Now right. I go oh, it's on not at seven anymore. I go uh, no. Brian Avers Tickert hosts up front at seven a.m. I host Law and Disorder Monday okay. through Thursdays at eight a.m. on KPFA. Yep. Yep. Nice, yep. nice. We'll push that, and you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, you can push the A on KPFA. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I, I catch I catch the tail end of it when I'm running off to some gig. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, Fair enough. I'm not mad at anybody for not listening to bad news that early <laughs> in the morning. No, you have you had and all sorts of really really cool things. That's I think that's just fantastic. I'm very blessed. Birthdays. I don't have a big list this week. I'm shocked. So you know, it's so funny because you always find yourself wondering what was going on nine months ago that y'all had all them babies, but this week is not that big. Maybe it's because it's a Lunar New Year. Yeah. If you have any, uh, go ahead. I'm just getting to the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Argo Thompson, who uh, I still, I have to check, but I think he's in the North, I know he's in the North Bay and uh, had a little theater company called the Left Coast uh, Players, um, which is in like Rotary Park or something, somewhere in that area. Um, I got to work with him a long time ago, and he's an amazing producer and director, so... 
Happy birthday to him. That's today. Um, I'm going to skip this one, see if you've got it. I love skipping and see if you have something. Um, Tim Niffen um, is an actor who our paths have crossed a little bit, but I'll never forget seeing him in, um, and Margo was in it, um, at the Aurora. Um, oh, it's Alice Childress. Um, I've gotten the wine time in my head, and that's not right. Um, but it's the other one. It's about them making, they are rehearsing a play. And they're trying to bring black actors up. He played the director, and who was a white asshole. And it was so funny because Tim is such a sweet guy, and he does like I've seen a lot of actor white actors do when they come after the show. They come out kind of sheepish. You're like, <laughs> I'm not Dude, really that way. You're fantastic. It was yeah, a performance. I'm not yeah. worried about you. Um, my daughter-in-law's birthday is coming up this week. Taj. Uh-huh. Uh, Gary Graves, who I'm grabbing from you on That's this okay. one since I've known him longer. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Graves, playwright, um, co-artistic director of Central Works. Um, Ian Walker, who is mm-hmm. a dear, dear director, actor, dear soul, playwright, and unfortunately a relatively new father. I think his kid is about three or four now, and I'm like, come on, dude, you, you, you can get a babysitter now. Come back. Come back to the theater. <laughs> Sue Lim I went to high school with. Um, her birthday's coming up this week. Baruch Porras Hernandez is somebody I actually met on a selection committee. So reading new scripts and then found out that he was this amazing drag performer mm-hmm. and poet. So mm. you can see a lot of his stuff in the city. He still does stuff. Uh, Danny Martin is somebody I don't think we've ever actually worked together. I think it was just... We, we brought him on the We yay brought him on the I, yay. I've, yeah. I've been on stage with him. Yeah. Excellent actor. And he's getting into directing now. Uh Luis Valls um, is an alum of mine from San Francisco State University. Um, he was very much involved with the Theater of Yugen and the No Space. Okay. And I'm not sure. I think he still is um, mm-hmm. doing that work, which is wild because we all got to do this Japanese training. They brought over a Japanese instructor hmm. um, when we were at State. And so we all kind of learned this stuff. And it's amazing to watch somebody actually take their career in that direction, especially when we don't have a Japanese drop of blood in either of us. Jim Kleinman's birthday is this week. There you go. Executive director of Playground San Francisco. Well, Playground, all of the playgrounds now. We're in Detroit, not Detroit. We're in Chicago, Chicago, New York, and L.A. Yep. And talking about, what's the D? Uh, Dallas? We're We're talking to some D city. Um, I'm going to skip that one because I bet you have it. Jeff Dunn, um, wonderful. He and his wife, Susan, are um, people who do readings, love theater, and they do a lot of readings in Alameda. So I actually got to do Gem of the Ocean the first time I got to read it with them. His birthday is this week. And Gaio Bellum is a comedian, but when we were in college, he was a theater student. And it's funny because he's become, I think, like he officially is the ambassador for weed for somebody. He was like a spokesman for High Times magazine. Okay. He And so in our lifetimes, we watched as all this stuff has become a little more legal, a little more legal, a little, little more legal. He has always been a spokesman for it. And last one I have is Drew Watkins. Um, Drew and I got to do Scapegoat with Playground. We got to do this wonderful play about a black, a comic book black superhero, um, and his superpower was to absorb negativity. Scapegoat. All right. <laughs> it, was, it was a very silly play. Anyway, those are mine for the week. And mine is quick. Uh, Helena Alvarez, you saved that for me. Her birthday is today. She was, of course, uh, I wrote a play for Men in Paris, and she played uh, Julia Wright and also Fatima, and uh, she is now... 
married with uh, kids and uh, kids. she's living oh, the life yes. and I would just love to get her back on stage again. In any case, happy birthday, Helena. Also, uh, her, today, Christine McComber. She is an older actress, beautiful singer. Uh, I did Grey Gardens at the Douglas Morrison Theater and she was one of the lead actresses there. Um, so happy birthday, Christine. Also today, Venus Morris. Hey, Venus. You know Venus. I do. I've directed Venus and had to with Venus. Yeah, and she uh, did Radio Golf um, playing, I forget the, the character's name, the only female there, but uh, she was a very, very good presence there. So happy birthday, Venus. Happy birthday, Venus. Um, tomorrow, uh, well, you mentioned Gary Graves. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Rachel Deathridge, uh, we had Rachel on. She is a opera-trained actress, and I was on stage with her when we did Candide. Mm. And uh, she uh, really gave a wonderful perspective of what it is to be into opera, being a young millennial. And, you know, millennials are more into Taylor Swift than, <laughs> than opera. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was wonderful having her on. So happy birthday, Rachel. Uh, you mentioned Danny Martin. Also on Wednesday, Joanne, Joanne Lorenzano-Blower. Uh, who is married to a very good friend of mine, Brower. Both of them met uh, doing uh, Theater Rhubarb, which is a company that oh. I don't, don't think mm-hmm. is around anymore. Mm-hmm. But in any case, a wonderful Philippine actress and singer. Mm-hmm. Um, happy birthday, and her birthday's Wednesday, Valentine's Day. Thursday, mm-hmm. Jonathan Rice Williams. I think you saved that for I me. I did save that for you. <laughs> he is the artistic director of, help me out, um... Oh God! I want to say San Jose Stage. No, uh, it's not San Jose Stage. Tabard, uh, Tabard Theater. Tabard, you know, Tabard Theater. In any case, keeps, uh, <laughs> like the Phoenix keeps rising again. They keep announcing that they're going away, and then somehow, yeah, yeah, he money announced. Comes back I saw a thing that Tabard was closing down, and then I guess they found funding, right. so they're back. So yep. the battle, the battle's there. And the last one that I have, no, that was the last one. Oh, I've got a uh, dear to Renee Dragonoff. Um, who is dear friend and theater person. Um, Deirdre Deirdre and I I met at the alley, singing Mm -hmm. at the alley. And one night she came in and said, I got cast in this show. And I said, oh, what what show did you get cast in? Oh, it's with this little company in San Francisco. And the more she talked about it, I'm like, you're in the America play. She's like, oh, yeah. I said, is Ronnie in it? She said, yeah. I said, say hi to Ronnie. Um, is I just started naming all the people mm-hmm. who had been involved, and um, I forget who. Uh, I think um, Idris, yeah, I think Idris. Idris was in it the first time it was done wow. when I worked on it, mm-hmm. and they were remounting it, and Kathleen Ridley mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, so say hi. So she comes back the next time she sees me at the alley. She's like, oh, my God, I mentioned your name in rehearsal. Just stopped for 10 minutes because everybody <laughs> had to talk about Norman G. I'm the like, power of Norman G. Huh? So her birthday is this week. Cool. Two quick announcements. Uh, we want to thank Charles Blades Barbershop for sponsoring the Yay. They're located at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland, a very cool, relaxing place where you can have your hair cut and they'll serve you a complimentary drink. They also sell uh, men's uh, hair products, hair gels, pomade, shampoos, and conditioners. Hop online, give their products a try, and support minority businesses like my man Charles Blades. His, uh, You can book an appointment at cbb.hair. Also, uh, Plethos Productions, uh, we are, we'll be doing an outside Yay podcast, which we're very excited about. That'll be in July. We're helping uh, Plethos Productions do a fundraiser because they want to create a new theater space in downtown Hayward. That'll be at Camp Monologa, July 26th through 28th. So we're very excited about that. And also jerseys. We have uh, black, white. We have pinstripes. They're only $30. It'll be a great way to support the Yay. And shows. Uh, 
<laughs> my life is all about big data right now. So we uh, start previews, I think, Wednesday or Thursday and uh, open on the 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know when this this comes out, but uh, folks can get tickets to the Oakland premiere of Bottled Spirits on the Lorraine Hansberry website. Mm-hmm. Um, it right. is Sunday, February 18th, the yeah. day after Dr. Minister Huey P. Newton's birthday oh, um, nice. at the New Parkway Theater. And so... Yep. And we'll have a link to that as well. And we'll great. have a link to Big Data. Great. Yeah, Big Data will be February the 15th through March the 10th at ACT. And we have a link for that as well. Mm-hmm. Whoa, i got to change that link. Any case, uh, to make sure you get the right one. <laughs> oh, it went to the wrong place. Yeah. Huh? San Jose Stage is doing People Where They Are. Terrence Smith, a good friend of ours, Holy is cow. in that. Kath- uh, Kathleen Ridley, Rebecca Pingren, um, is directed by Benny Ambush. Mm-hmm. It's written by Anthony Clairvaux. Yeah. So very much, you know, wonderful local representation. And yeah. I saw the show for the opening. It's powerful. It's so good. It opened January 31st and it closes February 25th. And we have a link for that. Uh, Fred Pitts is still doing Aren't Yay! You. Uh, that is still going on. I think it's in the third incarnation. The March mm-hmm. is doing a Marsh is doing a fantastic job in present promoting yeah. one person shows. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Have you worked with the Marsh? I have all? not worked with the Marsh. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, South Bay Musical Theater is doing A Little Night Music. Uh, that opened January 27th. Uh, it ends February the 17th. Nick Mandrakia, who mm-hmm. we know, is in the show. Uh, Foothill Music I Theater. I just saw him. <laughs> yeah, Nick is fantastic. I want to bring him back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foothill Music Theater is doing Legally Blonde. That'll be March the 1st through the 17th. <laughs> Melissa Mamboes, who's been on uh, The A, she is in the show. Uh, Cutting Ball is doing Not Therapy. That is Radhika Rao's one-woman show. Oh, right. And uh, it's it's interesting thing. Radhika has a doctorate in um, psychology, and mm-hmm. she's incorporating psychology in theater to engage the audience and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's really, really cool. That'll be February the 16th through the 18th. Uh, it looks like only three three nights. Uh-huh. Central Works is doing Boss McGreedy, uh, a play written and directed by Gary Graves. Mm-hmm. March the 2nd through the 31st. Check that out. Aurora Theater is doing Manhattan. Uh, February the 9th through March the 10th. Linda Amayo Hassan is in that show. Mm-hmm. Talking about yeah. indigenous uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um we talk about big data. Yeah, the uh, talking about among other things, the origin of Wall Street. Yeah, oh it's, yeah, it's a cool friggin' place. Uh, the NCTC New Conservatory Theater Center is doing unpacking in P Town, March the first through the thirty first. Kimberly Ridgeway is in is directing mm-hmm. that show. Uh, she's been doing a lot of stuff. Kimberly Ridgeway is on a roll. SF Shakes is doing as you like it. That'll be February through May in various areas. Jen Coogan, who's been on the show, is part of the musical creative team. Shotgun Players is doing Best Available. That may that's May the 18th through the 31st. John Spector is the writer. John Tracy is the director. Kimberly Ridgeway is the associate director. Check that out. And the last show is uh, Catherine Park. She is performing in uh, the San Francisco International Arts Festival, April the 17th, possibly May the 9th, and we have a link for that. Uh, the show is called The Last Supper Party. And um, speaking of movies, she is in the movie Sorry We're Dead. It's an independent movie uh, that's being performed at the Roxy Theater House. And tonight is the one and only night that it'll be there. So yeah, well, please the Roxy, yeah. <laughs> check that out. There are a couple of podcasts going on. Barry Graves has The Black Man's Heart. Check that out. Mallory Samara, uh, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she is uh, producing or helping produce As Prescribed and Bay Current. So check that out. Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. Check that out. Delivered semi-annually. 
our good friend Aaron Henney, who runs theater uh, Dybbuk, uh, which is a Jewish-based theater company in L.A., has the Dibbacast. So check out the Dibbacast. Deborah Cortez has a podcast called Let's Talk About Grief. And Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, exploring Filipino-American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast on any podcast app. There you just is. like saying Fobcast. Fobcast. Hey, that's what, that's what they call it. <laughs> anyway, Kat, did you enjoy yourself? I had a really good time. Thank you so much for having it went me. so quick. I, I'm so, so glad. And I hope people get you know the most out of this, this, this whole podcast thing. Uh, we are on the Apple Podcast app. We're on every uh, the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone or iPad. We're on Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud. And we're also on Amazon Podcast. Just go on music.amazon.com and search for The A and you will find us. The A was created by Theater people for theater people if you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself let us know i'm at reg space clay i'm at who's your who's your and cat people can find you at catbrooks.org catbrooks.org um if you still go to that place uh, that used to be twitter um it's at cat's commentary yep, cat's and commentary. i make occasional appearances on the insta it's the real cat brooks right on that's right. Uh, that is it. Uh, it's a wonderful Saturday. It's a little chilly. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it is beautiful. That is it. Thank you so much. Go Niners if you're into the Super Bowl thing. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out. Out.